This is the Training Talks podcast with your host Richard Kelly of RK Fitness and Lawrence Davis of LXD Fitness. Hi listeners, we hope you've had a wonderful holiday and Christmas period so far and hopefully you haven't eaten too much. Now going into 2022 we wanted to start a new chapter in a Training Talks podcast and in doing so we want to start with something we like to call Friday Thoughts. These will be a collection of bite-sized podcasts of things that are on our minds week to week, current topics, things we've experienced relating to the fitness industry, and we'll also give you an insight into some more of our opinions and theories over a wider range of fitness topics. We hope you enjoy it and have a happy new year. So what I remember is that there was a yellow object flying through the air. <laughs> and then there was a man object. who will remain unnamed but he's next to me who tried to catch the yellow object with his other hand missed and in the missing managed to change the direction of that yellow object which then flew forwards and into the back of a cross trainer that man then tried to run realised he couldn't run because of where he was and to stay and face the consequences of his crime well What's funny about that is everything Richard said is true. However, in him saying it, I don't think he can really encapsulate the timeline of actually how quickly everything just happened. Yeah, it happened so much faster than what he was the way he just said it. To me, it was an instant of minutes. That yellow object, which is a kettlebell, was in the air for a good fifteen minutes. I'd say <laughs> in my wasn't. mind, it was just like it was like two seconds. So. I follow the old school kettlebell swinging rules. In most gyms, everyone does kettlebell swings, but most of them do horrible kettlebell swings. Oh, yes. The way to tell if someone can actually do the exercise properly is whether they can go from a swing to a clean seamlessly. Yeah. And then you see what happens is people that have learned how to do it without any coaching try to muscle up a clean, yeah. which is fine at a light weight but when you become good at kettlebell swings and you're doing 20 or let's say 30 kg you can't muscle up the kettlebell no so you have to get the power from the hips and you need to almost as you thrust through the hips change the angle or the trajectory of the kettlebell to get it to the right place yeah and i mean it with the incident as i remember it correctly what we were doing was transitioning from a swing uh from one hand to the other yeah, but no, remember, I got more cheeky than that. I was going from left to right, but I was doing double claps in between. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were tra- trying to clap in the middle, and that's where, that's where you Yeah, that's it. where it, it, it just got really messy. Because, you know, with a kettlebell swing, a lot of people would like to keep a tight grip the whole time. However, when you're moving from the different, you know, parts of a kettlebell swing, like left hand to the right hand or clean into a press, you never have a really tight grip. It's like... The first part of the movement is a loose grip. Then as it gets to the top of the movement, you'll tighten your grip to slow down momentum. And then you hold it on the way down quite tightly until you get another thrust. But on the way up, it's always light or always a loose grip. So you can change or you can have a loose enough grip so that you can swing your hand around slightly to pull up rather than it swinging forward. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's about changing the, the direction of power. So this may seem really messed up. But I remember this very vividly. When we went to a course and were learning how to do kettlebell swings, one of the things that they'd done was they put someone, let's say, half a metre in front of you and you had to do a kettlebell clean without hitting them in the head. 
Was I on? No, I wasn't on this. No, course. you weren't on that course. This, this is before your time. I've done this before and it freaks the crap out of me when I've been that person. Of course, because you think about it, you, in order to actually get the power from the hips and the move and the kettlebell goes forward in momentum, but then somehow change it to come up rather than hitting the person, it's not easy. It's a high technique movement. I mean, this is what people don't understand. They look at a kettlebell and they do the swing and they think it's, a, it's an easy action. When you're trying to teach a kettlebell swing, I tend to find that you start off by trying to get someone confident with swinging, right? Yes. And you just want them to swing away. And you're not really too worried about the form at that early stage. But in order for you to transition from just doing a swing to doing something involving, say, like a, a clean or a snatch with, the, with it, or even a pressing action, they need to understand how to transition. And you need to be able to rack that kettlebell, which often means you've got bruised forearms. But here's the thing. That's... That's one of the, the steps along the journey to being becoming good at kettlebell swings because when you actually try to rack it in either the clean or the um, snatch position, you're actually meant to switch your hand through so that your wrist glides along the kettlebell and there's never actually a bang. It's when you have a tight grip that instead of you sliding your hand through, you hold on tight and the only place the kettlebell can go is over the top and back around directly onto the back of your wrist yeah and i mean one of the worst things you can see when when you're coaching someone is when it sort of they flop it over and it just but that's it but, but a lot of that is because their grip is too tight at that point so yeah. they, they, there is no maneuverability to kind of slide down and it's weird but a lot of people the first thing i do when i change the kettlebell swing is i make sure that the handle is in the curve between their finger and their thumb yeah because that is where you need that's where you need to always change it to to be able to go from like a swing to a clean position and from a clean to a jerk or a snatch you need to be able to switch and be smooth in there so going back to our earlier olympic lifting podcast discussion yes you said you don't like using kettlebells for for that olympic movement however in what you've just described are we are we talking about when you what so when you move the bar up in olympic lift so as, as this understands you're told to get under the bar so you're trying to not so much you are trying to pull the bar off the floor obviously but you're trying to get underneath that bar at the lowest point physically possible right so you're trying to get the bar up as you're going down right yep so there's a degree of which where your your body as as it's dropping under you have to be able to get the the hands underneath the bar so you have to transition your hand movement so actually when you're doing an, an olympic lift your hand your grip has to be relatively light as well on the bar to get underneath yes right no no it doesn't because remember the bar spins ah okay so you're using the spin the key difference there then for using the kettlebells and for using the bar would be that spinning action because because the kettlebells are fixed um attachment the actual bell part to the handle it means that you need to have a light grip so therefore it doesn't carry over for that aspect but but it's not just that it's the fact that what i've just described to you takes like a normal gym kettlebell to an elite level of kettlebell swinging right so what and because you know with a lot of things when you get really good at it it becomes more of an instinct than anything else and like you rehearse the movement so many times it becomes naturally smooth so if you've got someone who's spent so much time learning how to do a clean and being able to keep the tight grip and have the perfect position and get all the technique right there's no way doing, doing the same thing with kettlebell is going to help because they have to totally change their technique because they don't need to worry about getting underneath the bar. 
they still need to worry about thrusting through the hips. When you're a beginner, you hit your yeah. thigh quite a lot. Right. As you get better, you get closer and closer to the pelvic bone because your timing becomes really good. Yeah. For a kettlebell swing, totally different timing. In my mind, there's yeah. no relation between the two because if you get really good at kettlebell swings after doing a, a good phase of Olympic lifting, you haven't learned anything. Okay, you've got a bit more explosion from the hips, but the problem in uh, Olympic lift, the explosion from the hips isn't half the problem. It's the timing of it. Yeah, because you've got a different timing. I mean, you've only got, you're actually right, because you've only got the hip thrust, because even when you're racking in, in a racked position, your rack position isn't the same for your hands. So you're not in the same um, rack position, bar, bar versus kettlebell. And you might be in a snatch. But here's the thing. This is the this is the thing that I love about kettlebell swings, but this is the thing that might blow a lot of um, the listeners' minds. When you're in a shoulder rack position with a kettlebell, yeah, you actually don't use your hands to get it back down. You flick your shoulder, yeah, and then it rolls back down. Yeah. So the, sh- the once you've got in that position, it's a shoulder doing the movement to bring it back down. Not you having a tight grip and forcing it into a, uh, I can say, a path of motion that it's not meant to go in. Yeah. And the same thing with for a snatch. When you're up at the top of a snatch, what the what starts the movement is you rotating your hand round. That rotation of your hand round is the thing that helps swing your whole body or whole arm back to go in between your hips. Yeah, I mean, it's also a ballistic movement. It's not a that's it explosive movement in that sense. So that's why, in my opinion. They can't carry over at all. But just to go back to how we started this whole conversation. Yeah. I learned one valuable lesson from that day. <laughs> what was that? Only one clap at a time. Not yeah. two. I remember it going up, me clapping, and then realising that this was the one rep that I hadn't let it go up high enough and it, it was still going forward. I took one step forward to try and grab it. Realised I couldn't grab it, then ran back. Because I was like, if that hits anything, it could hit straight back into me. Luckily, listeners, there was no one in the gym at the time. The whole back of the gym was empty. So, you know, someone at the front probably heard a little, a bang. And then, you know, if someone looked later, there was a couple of um, yellow streak marks at the back of the cross trainer. Yeah, there was was some marks on that cross trainer for a while, but yeah. (laughs) And unless you were there at the time, no one really knew how they got there. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, very interesting on what you say about kettlebells but i love kettlebells we were talking the other day about you know what your next training phase is going to be before i start power i'm definitely going to put them back in just to get used to being ballistic and getting quicker with the movements and also to relearn the techniques because the technique once you master a kettlebell swing with the combination of the breathing and the, the, the timing oh it's just a thing of beauty to watch yeah, it's all good and useful stuff for that pre-power phase. Yeah, it's just beautiful. So your your plan is to do strength and then a pre-power, a ballistic phase if you want. Yeah. And then a power phase. Yeah. 